What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. It's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. And hello, everybody. You're listening to our latest well, that's a, podcast. That's a, hello, that's a everybody. Start. That's a new start. That's well, new start. when you have two wins in a row, you kind of mix it up a you little gotta bit. you got to mix it up. Yep, I like it. Uh, like the Buccaneers defense has started mixing it up with some turnovers. Yes, he's Scott Smith, by the way, and I'm Jeff Ryan. I should have mentioned that. I know. So I'm we, just, we are I'm just here dogs. to keep us on track. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> that's my job. I'll bring up the interesting topics for us okay. to discuss. All righty. And you keep this thing and humming along. smoothly, all right? Yes, I, I will say that... Um, it just feels it, it just feels good to see this team do what I thought they were going to do yeah. earlier in the year. You just year. wish it would have started earlier. Yeah, yeah. So that just like every other fan. These games are meaningful, don't get me wrong. Mm, no but question. they would be more meaningful and we'd be sweating out everything. Even, honestly, Jeff, if we had one more win. Don't see that. I have been agonizing over this because I've gone back and gone through every game. And, of course, every game you can say, well, if this happened or yeah. that happened. But the one game that sticks out to me that says... Uh, before you say it, the one that... That's, see if it's the same one. All right. I was going to say Cincinnati. No. Okay. Washington. Well, right, because 500 that, yards. Yeah. The, well, the Cincinnati one, I got it. You know, we came back. You're actually it. right. But, 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 the, but, you know, just in the way the team performed... And not a lot of ifs and buts. and thing. Just that Washington game has been just gnawing on me for well, some time. Well, you're right, actually. That's a better choice because in addition to we'd be 6-6, six and six, also Washington would be one game worse, worse off. And if we ended up tied with them in a tiebreaker, we'd have the tiebreaker lead over them, yes. which would be nice. Yes. But and that I mean, one was crazy because 500 yards and you get in the red zone essentially – Six times counting the fumble on Jack Quiz, yes. and you get three points out of that. That's yes. never going to happen again. No, we've been oh. fantastic in the red zone ever since. And I still think uh, we were fantastic in the red zone. And I still think it was a touchdown. It was either uh, it was either a touchdown yeah. or he was down. I, I do like the way that Coach Cutter described. We're talking about the Peyton Barber play, yes, which was the only turnover that the Buccaneers have committed in the last two weeks combined, which is an enormous. Yes. And you could argue whether that was really was a turnover. It, it looked. I can understand. Well, we didn't have to challenge it because it was a it was a turnover. Yeah. But it was automatically reviewed. And as Coach Cutter said on Monday, he feels like however that was called on the field, that's the way it was going to stand. And one team was not going to agree with the call. Yeah. Well, because it's just it's hard for them. They don't have a good angle. They didn't live. No, there was not a good angle on this at all. But I thought at least one of the TV shots made it pretty clear that the ball crosses the line and he's it's still in his control when it does so, and that instantly ends the play. Like the first first molecule of the mm-hmm. football point crossing the first edge of the of the it's over. Then it doesn't have to cross the whole line; it just no. has to clip any white. Right, and and one of the things that um, how this works is how New York 
sees a replay as they get it off TV. It's whatever the TV shots were. Mm-hmm. I thought the in-stadium camera oh, angles were at. much better. If you were looking at the, the boards in the stadium, I thought, uh, in fact, Dave Moore – uh, said immediately, he said that either is going to be a touchdown or he's down. You know that broke the plane. And if and the question was, was his knee was he down before it broke the plane or did he break the plane? And, yeah, and it should have been the Bucks, other. One it should have been other. Bucks ball. That's and, frustrating, and, Jeff, because and, it's just frustrating that. And I think, and I honestly believe that from where I sit, I can see the video boards, mm-hmm. and I also yeah, have too. I have a truck feed. Okay. That shows me what TV has. It's direct, and then I have a feed up above me that is um, it's delayed. The broadcast, mm-hmm. which has the commercials and everything in it. Right. But the truck feed is, you know, they'll, you know, when they go to commercial break, they'll re- be, rewind yeah, yeah, stuff. Exactly. So I'm actually looking off air stuff, and I I felt that there was not uh, a good camera angle, and I'm not blaming anybody. No, no, I'm just saying just that happened, yeah. in this particular shot, and so New York is only looking at that. It's frustrating that there is evidence available, but the system doesn't take well, it into account. Well, in fairness to them, they're I don't looking know how they at could, they, you couldn't because the TV is still frustrating. Right, because you can't go you can't make the rule and say, "All right, we're going to make decisions off of what's shot in the stadium." Well, if that was the case, then we would never shoot the opposing yeah, team exactly. stuff. Right. So that's why they take it off the off the TV. No, I, it it makes sense, but when you're looking in and the other part that was frustrating about it is, you know the terminology that they use when they come back from <laughs> from the from the review, mm. uh, if they're not going to change it, but they're Basically, it's because they couldn't find overwhelming evidence to change it. They say the ruling stands. Yes. If they look at it and they go, okay, that I see clear evidence that the call was right, they say the ruling was confirmed. And I was shocked. I was not shocked that the play stood. I was shocked that they used the words confirmed. Yes. I don't see how you could look at those no, replays I, I, yes. and say, oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. But And, and not to – I think, you know, everybody has a bad week. And I think the officials had a bad week <laughs> throughout the careful, league. Man. No, oh, no, okay. no. Throughout the league. I think I think there were a number of different instances, and and you know it's happening in real time, and and I get all that, and I'm not downing them. I'm just saying there seems to be this was a week where a lot was going. Was on. it on Thursday night when there was the blatant helmet to helmet hit? Correct on Kamara. Correct. Yeah, that was incredible. Correct. That that did so happen. I and and I just I don't know if it was just the you know the Something way the moon the lined up or <laughs> yeah whatever. But my wife, who was a school teacher for many years, mm-hmm. swears by that. The teachers swear by the fact that when the moon is full, the kids act way crazier. I swear she believes it, completely believes it, and so do all her teacher friends. And and they're the ones in the classroom every day, so I guess I can't argue. Well, they, they, they the rumor is that there's more um, craziness goes on, burglaries, things of that nature, when the full moon is Why? out. Why? Oh, are we part? We're all. Part I don't know. Rebels? I guess. I don't I know. Like that's the first if I time you've howl, ever like howled a, on the podcast. If I could, I, I, I've I, rapped. I, I, I almost howled. I know, but it was a, a really a very poor howl. I just couldn't. <laughs> was yeah, I know. I couldn't. I, I have no high end. You know, everybody saw those that game, and the big things that stood out were Andrew Adams' three picks, and we're going to mm, get to talk to yes. him about that. And, very exciting. And great pressure by the defensive line. There were nine hits on Cam. I think. Two of the four picks were on throws that were affected by Gerald McCoy hitting yes. Cam. So even though Gerald McCoy didn't end up with any sacks or, or a real big stat line, he w- he had a hand in two turnovers. And, and Coach said he played one of his best games of the year. And everybody always, you know, of course you love the sacks because mm-hmm. that's what everybody counts. But the pressure that was going on, and I think for Gerald with JPP being there, I think it's, it's helped. And Carl Nassib. And Carl, I think it's helped him if you still look at it. They they'll double team 
McCoy. They'll still do it, but when they don't double team him, mm-hmm. then he gets through. That's true. And you know, Carl has been has really turned it up. I think he's had exactly two quarterback hits in five straight games and six of the last seven, which is incredible. That's a lot of production. Uh, JPP just keeps getting it done every week. And so, like you said, it's just this is how it was supposed to work. And now Vinny Curry's back from his injury. He got a sack. This is how it was supposed to work. This, this type of rotation and this type of pick your poison for the other yes. team's offensive line. And there's four games to see if yeah. it keeps building on. So that's, well, I mean, that's I a think, plus side. I, think, I don't think any of the three I just said or, or even Vinny would be – I think they'd still be around next year. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's contract is running up. So, uh, we, you know, we got the, the pieces here for, for a nice line again next year. And maybe even better because Vita Vea will be – Probably better in his second season. Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. I, I think that's the hardest part with with Vito is that you know. Well, everything was delayed because of every, injury. Yeah, so he, but he's playing a lot better now. Much well, he's not thinking as he said. Oh really? Yeah, he said he's just you know. I be, saw one play. I watched him on one play. I was just fortunate to pick a good one where he didn't get any stats on this, but he literally drove his guy all the way back to the right in front of the quarterback, like eight yards deep in the pocket. I mean, he pushed him all the way back there. There was nothing – there wasn't any give or take on this. Mm. It was it was com- continual backward motion by, the, I think, he, the center or the guard. He is a very large man. <laughs> He's, very He's a very large man along, uh, among large men. That's true. Yes. And so, so those were the obvious things. But a couple other things that jumped out at me when I was looking at the box score – um, the Buccaneers offense converted three third downs of 11 or more yards, and one of which was 17. That's really hard to do. Very. Generally, over the course of a season, and I know this because I break down third down stats after every mm-hmm. game, generally over the course of a season, you, you convert maybe three or four third downs of more than 10 yards. And that's why things like sacks and, and uh, penalties and the ways you shoot yourself in the foot, little things like that, really hold an offense back. And, and, but we have such dynamic pass catchers our offensive line is good at holding their blocks longer because the style of offense that we wear we run and and as we've seen repeatedly in the last two games Jameis Winston is extremely good on the run yes. when he scrambles extremely good both of his touchdowns in the last game on the scramble so if you can convert if you can realistically believe it's third and 13 and you're like we actually got a shot at this yeah on the third and 17 that we converted, I was saying this is probably going to be a screen pass to Adam Humphreys or Jacquez releasing out of the backfield. And then they snap the ball and everybody's running vertical routes. I'm like, no, we're going for mm-hmm. this because we can. Yeah, usually you don't want to be third and 17. <laughs> that's, that's not the ideal situation. That's but, true. hey, you know what? When you it are, happens. you get it done. So You yes. usually can't. But here's another thing. Um, that was the fifth touchdown for Adam Humphreys mm-hmm. in fifth in his last five games, by the way, which is tied for the league lead in that span, which is amazing because it used to be such a storyline about how Adam, poor Adam just couldn't yeah. get his touchdowns. Yeah, right. They're taking him away from yes, one replay. all the time. Now he's like, I'm getting to the end zone, yeah. period. And then um, Chris Godwin, who I asked uh, the, my, the guy sitting next to me who works for PR, went in the press box. You can who, say his name. Chris. And I said, if, if you were out there right now, right where Chris Godwin was in that play – and Jameis threw that ball ten times. How many times do you think he'd catch it? No, he said he didn't think. He, no. After after thinking for a while, he thought he might get it once because you've you you know exactly what's coming. Yeah, and you've you've had probably ten, about ten the last cracks. one. Yeah, right. yeah. That ball had some serious heat on it, and he had to get up and get that. And I mean, obviously these guys have amazing hands, but it was high and it was coming in really hot, and it was a really great catch. It not only it, was that a great catch. The thing that I love about Chris Godwin is he does not give it's up everything. on Well, yeah, he's 22 and he talks like he's There's 45. Nothing not to love about that guy. He what what the the one errant pass that I thought Jameis threw could have could have very well been a pick in the end zone. 
and and Chris came over that right. and yes. he became a defender Very at good. that moment. And if that was such a key play that he's into the game enough to know I'm not getting it and neither are you. Very and good, uh, but his long uh, reach yeah. is unreal. And I thought I, that was almost a play of the game. That was a big play. You're absolutely right because we had already lost one red zone scoring opportunity mm-hmm. on the fumble. Wow, good call. Yeah. But anyway, the I do reason, watch the game, just so you know. Yeah, the reason I brought that up is because both those guys, and then Peyton Barber scored too. So Godwin, I think, was already there, but Barber and Humphreys both mm-hmm. got their fifth touchdowns of the year. We have six guys with at least five touchdowns, Jeff. And, and, and Cam's at four. If he, if he could get one more, we'd have seven guys at five. That's only been done three times ever. In the NFL, or mm-hmm. with the, really in yeah. the whole entire league. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? You, you, everyone always talks about how come you're not getting the ball to someone. How come you're not? You know, I say there's only one ball. We're getting it. We're everybody. getting it done now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no one can be correct. Well, that's important when you have OJ Howard out for the rest of the season mm-hmm. and Deshaun out for the for the for, time being. Yeah, for the time being, um, right? So the offense keeps humming along. Now, I do think it, it has been a different style of offense, at least this last game, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameis has really taken to heart protecting the football and you're right he did have that one throw like in the in the previous game I couldn't think of a throw that was even close to an interception he did have the one that Chris helped him out on but for the most part once again he protected it and sometimes it's in ways that aren't immediately obvious there was a play remember I've been saying how good he is at 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 scramble plays he bought some time with the scramble sort of forward like kind of right up the middle and he he started to rear back for one of those deep balls that you throw after you know after you scramble and somebody's going deep and um and then he stopped and then he ran a little bit more and threw a shorter pass underneath and i'm like that's progress right there Mm -hmm. because he he for a moment had the idea to throw it and then he thought then he must have seen he's like this is not a high percentage throw i'm not going to do it this drive is going great. Let's just keep it going. And I thought that was a real nice bit of progress. For I, I couldn't agree more. I think he has made a leap in, you know, how long it lasts. Because, you know, of course you're always going to go, well, so what? it's got to build on it. Yeah. But he does seem different. He he truly does. And, and probably the knock on him is that his desire to win, that he'll do anything to win. And sometimes... Can be counterproductive. Right. That yeah. gets you in trouble. And he's learning that... There, there are other 10 guys out there, and it, it's not always on him. Now, he's made some pretty terrific runs. That's true, that, too. Yeah. That at the right time, and he committed to the run, where before he would kind of, you know, am I going, am I not going, yeah. am I going, and, uh, and running out of bounds. Good, another example of good decision-making. Yes, very much so. Coach Cutter was saying basically yesterday that he's like, I kind of wish he wouldn't keep Running, you know, he just mm-hmm. run, get what you can get upfield, yeah. and then uh, and then slide instead of these extra because he believes these hits add, add up on quarterbacks. They do, but I think coach understands. He's like, you can't really coach that out of a no. guy in the heat of the moment. James is going to try to get that first down. You can't take the desire out to win. Yeah, he just has to control it. But at that split second, I mean, most of the time he's going to take the slide mm-hmm. uh, and be smart. He's not very good at sliding, by the way. Well, he's better than Ryan. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Ryan just kind of tr- stumbles. Those two guys need to come out to my son's high school baseball practice and work on sliding, right? Or maybe Andrew Adams. Can yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we got the New Orleans Saints coming up next. Yep. We, uh, we've already beaten them once, but it's not like we really slowed down that offense. Really, the only team that has was Dallas. This yeah, past you Thursday. know, you know, it was interesting. I watched that. That well, it was a Thursday night game, and uh, I watched the whole game. And, and one of the things that I kept 
reflecting back to is when the Bucks played New Orleans. If you remember at the half, what was it, 30 to 7, something we like that? We had a healthy lead. We had a very healthy lead. <laughs> and so I think the difference was is Dallas didn't let up. They just kept going. And I'm not saying our team let up, but they, they figured out a way to keep the pressure on. Yeah. And um, I don't think we want to get into a shootout, but I think that if you it, – it, it's the first time, and I think you, you told to. me. You, you, I think I'm going to give you credit for this. You told me that it's the first time in Drew Brees' career that he threw his first passes, first four passes. In the Dallas game. In the Dallas game, and we're incomplete. Well, yeah, I mean, I only just yeah. parroting what I heard on the broadcast. Yeah, but, that was but, amazing, right? But it's amazing that that so the pressure is yeah. you can rattle him. You can no, I don't know if you it, rattle him, but you can get to him. Well, what Drew Brees did several times in that game that you almost never see is he was rushed into things he didn't want to do. He was mm-hmm. rushed into quick throws. He made the, the – there was a key interception near the end where he was rushed into just this kind of awkward sidearm thing, which you just never see when you play the Saints because – He's he's obviously a great decision maker. He he gets he pulls the trigger quickly, and he's usually had pretty, generally pretty good protection throughout his career there in New Orleans. But New, like you said, Dallas just was giving him no time. And I think what people forget is when you play teams twice a year, you know me, I know you, right? And now it's depending on who's going to execute the best. And I, the the New Orleans Buccaneer games have always been, you know, pretty solid. Look at last year. The team had nothing. We were done. We were done. And beat the Saints. Played a great game. Played a great game. And so I'm sure the Saints – and the Saints are are in a great position. But in December, you don't want to put a couple losses in a row. You don't – I mean, that's just not – even if you have – you're pretty much solidified uh, the division. Oh, you're talking about Saints being motivated. Yeah, they've pretty much locked up the division thanks to us beating Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, Which which how many people gave – hope that the Bucks were going to beat Carolina. The only thing I would say is that Carolina had lost three in a row. They were one and four on the road. We were playing better at home. So that was the only thing that I think would add confidence. But mm-hmm. you're right. I'm sure we were underdogs at home. You know, if you look at the statistics, um, Carolina still got something like 440 yards. They still got their yards. The difference between that and the last game is the Bucks made – obviously takeaways mm-hmm. and and they were three of eight on third down and the bucks third down defense has been very good of late partially because of that pressure but also the coverage has been stronger and uh that's kind of the thing that we have to look at when we go to play the saints they're probably going to get their yards i mean i know dallas shut them down but they're probably going to get their yards but you can in today's nfl you can give up yards and still hold them to the amount of points that you need to win, like mm-hmm. we just did against Carolina, whereas the previous time against Carolina they scored 42, yeah. I think. So we cut their scoring by two-thirds without cutting down on the yards. Christian McCaffrey had almost identical stats, one fewer touchdown between the first one and the second one. But, again, getting turnovers and getting off the field in third down, in today's NFL you do that enough times, you just need a certain number of stops. Yeah, and, and that game kind of reminded me of buckball. This one, yeah, the last, you know, just just the, you know, getting the interceptions when you needed them. That's right, yeah. You know, and the Johnny Lynch special, you know. I mean, it, it it was just all of a sudden you were like, "Come on, offense, get a first down. We can get this done." And uh, for whatever reason, the offense wasn't able to get first downs, or they weren't able to put more points yeah, on the board. Put they put it away. The and, defense had and to the keep de- making stops, and the defense stepped up. Yeah, well, it's funny you should bring that up, Jeff. That's a nice segue for me here because I was looking at, um, you know, we scored forty-eight points mm-hmm. in that week one win, and that tied a team record. And I was writing something for something else, and I was writing about the game in two thousand one when we beat New Orleans here. 
in the third to last week of the season. It would have been the second to last week, but the 9-11 terrorist attacks had mm-hmm. caused the game week two games to be moved to the end. end. So um, both teams were 7-6 and six coming into that game. Both teams were kind of tenuous in the playoff situation, and both teams knew um, the Bucks had just, been, had just been beaten badly by Chicago. Both teams knew this was kind of like whoever wins this game still has a shot and whoever loses is out. And uh, it wasn't even close. We demolished them, 48-21, to 21, and they mm-hmm. scored at the end. It was like 30 to nothing at halftime, right? It was one of the biggest yep. blowouts in team histories. And um, after the game, Warren Sapp said this, and I wanted to read his quote from right. the game. Our death has been greatly exaggerated, my friend. We've still got a lot of air in this ball club and a lot of good players, and we're, we're going to keep plugging. It was head-to-head. It was either them going or us going. You can't have a better situation than that in this league. The team that you're facing for the last playoff spot coming into your house and they've got to beat you, it's not going down, Daddy. It's not going down. <laughs> now, you can hear that in Warren Sapp's Oh, no voice, question. But no question. That team had that. Where did that you team, find that? It was just in an article about the game. Oh, okay. That team, he probably said it in the locker room, it was yeah, probably yeah. in every article about the game. That team had that type of personality and leadership, and, and uh-uh, you're not coming into our house and doing that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's probably fair to say that this team has that to that extent yet, but I think they might be getting there, and it would be nice. And with guys like JPP leading the way, mm-hmm. right? Yep, no question. No so the question. Saints are coming into our house now. It's not They're already in, essentially, mm-hmm. yep. and we're hanging on by fingernails. But this same st- sort of uh, attitude – would be nice. Yes, very much so. And you're not coming into our house and taking this away from us. At one time, no one wanted to come to Raymond James uh, Stadium. Yeah, that's right. And so hopefully that's that's a trend going on. But you know, you got to build on it. You've got two wins right now. You you know, one at a time and one. A wise man once told me that they tend to start. You get one and then you get two. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Holds true for interceptions too. It does. It does. Well, the the other thing too is. Um, what a, one week doesn't necessarily predicate what the next week is going to be, and that's the that's what makes the NFL fun. You can have a horrible game, and then you can come back and play really well. That's not. So, I, I don't like that point right now, but, because it's New Orleans is coming off a horrible game. Yes. We're coming off a good one. So well, let's but, say everything will hold this time. Well, but this too is they're coming off ten days of rest, so they're going to be rusty. <laughs> you really? I <laughs> like that you, one. You got the I was slamming that right up there. Day, right? Hey, hey, it's the holidays. What can I tell you? You know, but you're feeling charitable. I, you know, and what's crazy is being home for three weeks. That is, that is. I, I, I did not like the way our schedule laid out. But this, this year. part's good. But this is working good. Yeah, because we're we've been home for three weeks, and then we'll be on the road for two, and then we close it out. So well, we could still finish four and two in this division. Yes. Uh, which is nice. Um, I, I was I was going to say let's wrap it up, but I wanted to bring up one more thing. Right. Um, the team was really banged up going into that Carolina game. Very much uh, so. And Carolina was not. They didn't have a single player in, out due to injury. I mean, everybody's got some guys that are on IR, but from their active roster, nobody was out. And we had six guys on our inactive list that were out because of injuries, including a number of starters. Uh, but two things that that leads me to think about. One – Levante David came back, and it was clear it made a difference. Yes. It clearly made a difference. And it was interesting to see because people didn't know how we were going to arrange our linebackers. Basically, what they chose to do is they put Levante in his normal weak side spot. Kevin Minter actually was the starting middle linebacker in and the he, game. And he played well. Well, he had that nice sack, too. Mm-hmm. As Coach said, he only was on there for like 21 snaps because they didn't go out in uh, in uh, 12 or, or 21 personnel very often, which is what you, you would counter with your base defense. How about Levante getting his sack? 
He's sack and he, he had blew the tip. him up. He had the tip. I can't believe Cam didn't fumble on that play. Yeah. Is there anybody else in the league that doesn't fumble on that play? No, because you get hit in the bat. He did not. He, he no he idea did, was coming. No. Every All quarterback the, in the league yeah. fumbles on that play. That which the first thing happens. You get hit in the back and you throw Ugh, your arms yeah. out. Yeah. I, it was inc- that's how incredible yes. he is. Mm-hmm. He had another one where Carl Nassib basically had him around the neck and, and just he, he got, got away. Yeah. He's just huge. What's he like? Six four, six five, two fifty. I think he's seven two and that's what it seems like sometimes. But but Levante coming back clearly made a difference. And then Adarius went back to weak side. And then in the nickel, it was Levante and Adarius. And I think that's probably what we'll see moving forward, which says a little bit about Kevin Minter, mm-hmm. who's kind of the later to the party here, but he's the guy they, they like in the middle now right. with Levante back. So that's interesting. Then the other half of that is your starting quarterbacks were Ryan Smith, Devontae Harris, and then the only other guys you had were David Rivers and J.V. and Elliott. And J.V. and Elliott had the huge interception and 50 yard return, but that was impressive by those guys. Yeah. The only guy that was that's been on the roster from the beginning out of that whole group is Ryan Smith, and for a good portion of the season, he's mostly been playing special teams, which he's fantastic at. So you have four corners. That that's not how this was pictured going no, into this at all. And one of the things, if you go back to one of our earlier podcasts, I thought the the best position we didn't have to worry about was our corners. <laughs> I really, I was like, ah, yeah, we're good there. And linebackers, and, probably. yeah, but but no, um, but you know what? To to you know, they're going to have to play their best game to beat the Saints. There, I mean, you're not. It's not going to be every game is going to be. You got to well, be we, on. And we don't know now. On Tuesday, we could get. Brent Grimes and or Carlton Davis mm-hmm. and or MJ Stewart back. MJ's been out for a long time, but right. Coach said he looked better running on the field last week. So we could get one of those guys back, and that would be helpful. But even if we don't, I was impressed with how those guys played. You're right. It's a bigger challenge against Drew Brees because what Carolina doesn't really have is that downfield passing attack Yes, right now because Cam's shoulders. So. Right. All right. Do you think we covered it? I did. I do. Uh, okay, then good. Let's get that Mr. Three Interception guy yes. in here. Yes, looking forward to it. I'm going to tell him. Uh, and, and you'll re- recall this now that our very first podcast guest was Rondé Barber. Yes. He was also the very first player in team history to get three picks in a game, and he did it twice. Now for us to get And the, it was against New Orleans both times, Yeah, by the way. and to get the Triple Crown, we'll have to call Aqib Tlaib because he yeah. also – I don't think we're getting Aqib <laughs> on here. Uh, you know – Is I, he back with the Rams? I yeah, mean, is he, he just, playing? He, he, got activate, he just got activated from injury reserve. And, yeah. uh, poor uh, Aaron Brooks. Uh, Rondé Barber just made Aaron Brooks' life hell. Mm-hmm. That was the quarterback he kept doing, getting three pick games like this. <laughs> poor guy. That in Philadelphia. And Simeon Rice <laughs> used to sack Aaron Brooks like nine times a game. I, I hate. I bet Aaron Brooks hated playing the Buccaneers. But then they got Drew Brees and everything got better. And, and go. we're going to get Andrew Adams in here for our next segment, so please stick with us. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And now we're joined by our special <laughs> guest, Mr. Three Interception Man himself, yeah. Andrew Adams. Andrew, first of all, thanks for joining us. No problem, no problem. The first guest we ever had on this show way back in, what, July? Yeah. Was Rondé Barber. Yes. Oh, so wow. now we've had two of the three guys in team history who've had a three interception game. What a coincidence. What did that feel like, man? <laughs> it was great, you know, um, just being out there. You know, game day is always electric, mm-hmm. so... Uh, you know, just seeing the crowd go crazy and the energy on the sideline, you know, that was really, you know, the best part. Just, you know, the, the atmosphere and the camaraderie, you know, with my teammates. So it was it was a good day. Uh, you know, what I'm always amazed by when a guy has a really big game, mm-hmm. when he's being interviewed, yeah, the media always wants ask questions like, um, were you just amazed that this happened? Like, can you believe this happened? Because, <laughs> I mean, the three interception game is rare, obviously. Right, but right. you're out there trying to pick passes off. I'm sure you're not amazed when it happens. Yeah, you know, um, I guess – you know, from outside looking in, you know, it's it's a rare thing. But, you know, um, as a player, you know, just preparing yourself every day, you know, 
to play your best game and put your best foot forward, you know, you kind of when things like that happen, um, you don't you don't really expect for that to happen, but mm-hmm. that's what you play for. So you know, that's your goal is you know is to be great. So. And Andrew's being very modest because that's not the first time he had three picks in a game. <laughs> really? Second time. Second, second time. time. Uh, UConn, and I think it was against UCF. 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 He had a yeah. three-pick wow. show. So for him, some yeah, so for him, it wasn't a big <laughs> deal. It's like, <laughs> another day, another that. day at the office. No, that's a pretty big deal. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, we had you on the Buccaneer Radio Network after the game, and, and TJ asked you, you know, how did you pull this off? And, and, and you said, see the ball, get the ball. <laughs> and, and I almost fell off the, the chair because it's pretty basic, right? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, some people make the game of football harder than it is. And uh, really, when the ball's in the air, you know, it's, it's not for either team. So um, if you have that mindset that it's, your, that it's yours, then you kind of you put your, your best foot forward and trying to go get it, you know, and rather than trying to knock it away or, you know, make a PBU, you, you want to make a, a game-changing play. So, well, you made three game-changing plays. <laughs> you got a UConn Huskies uh, wristband. I do. Yeah. So, I do. how does a guy from Georgia end up at UConn? Um, well, I was a, I was a big baseball player in oh, high school. So, okay. um, I committed to Furman University in my uh, junior year to play baseball <laughs> there. And then my senior year, I switched to safety, playing football. Okay. Loved it, making plays. And um, that's when UConn was kind of my biggest football offer, but also loved the school, you know, yeah. on my official visit. Other, other than it was cold, freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved UConn, and um, they were just coming off a BCS bowl game. And I said, why not, you know, further my football career here? And I didn't want to get football up, so. Weren't there a couple other UConn guys in the secondary that got drafted around that time? Um, yeah, we actually had a bunch of um, UConn DBs in the league, so yeah. like Byron Jones. Yeah, and, that's right. And uh, Ob Melifanu. I wasn't going to Darius, but- <laughs> Darius Butler. <laughs> wow, um, that must have been a pretty good secondary. Tyvon Branch. Wow. Like, wow. I yeah. didn't know all that. Yeah. A bunch of guys. So it was an easy transition when you went to New York then from UConn to uh, – Right, yeah, yeah, you know, because I've kind of been up in the, the cold weather you're used to. It wasn't a problem right. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, this cold is, games don't bother right. me anymore. Jeff, let's try to guess what he was as a baseball player. What do you think? Shortstop. No. I'm saying outfielder yeah. and switch hitter. No, uh, I, I, I was righty. Righty, okay. Uh, righty. Yeah. Well, center fielder probably. He, center field. yeah. You know, he's very versatile because <laughs> he plays – well, he is because he plays so many positions – for the Buccaneers, depending on where someone has to go. Yeah. You, you've had to learn right. a number of positions. Right, right, definitely. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, obviously, I heard you say uh, also to the media that when you left New York, uh, you were pretty confident you were going to land somewhere. just didn't know where it was. And uh, it ended up being the Bucks, and that was right after Chris Conte got hurt, so I'm sure that was why the Bucks were looking for a safety. But it's kind of funny because it's, it was actually Quan and Levante getting hurt that led to your first real big role in the defense, right? Right. right Explain definitely. how that all happened. So, um, you know, we were pretty, you know, set at the linebacker position, mm-hmm. and you know, with you know one of the main playmakers going down, and Levante, um, you know, passing situations. You know, you have you have guys that haven't been you know put in that mm-hmm. put in that spot yet. So, you know, they said, why not use a DB? You mm-hmm. know, for passing situations. So that's how I really kind of got that role. For you know, second and long downs, and you know, third, third downs where you know the offense is clearly going to pass the ball. Why not have an extra yeah. defensive back? You know that can run and 
ball but skills on the field. So you're still playing up there, kind of around where the linebackers are, though. So right, got to be a physical player too, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Because if, if they do run the ball, you got to be able yeah. to take on old linemen and you know make tackles, be style in there. So. What do they call that package? If you're um, allowed to say, it's it's just a dime linebacker Tight's position. Dime. Okay. Yeah. He's That's done it. really. I want to know what you did with the three balls. Um, they're actually in my trunk right well, now. Well, should, trunk. What we should say is, uh, head coach Dirk Cutter, you got game ball, but you didn't get one game ball. You got, got three, three of them. Three yeah. of them. Yeah. So, Shout out to uh, Coach Cutter. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Was that before he put his hat on backwards or after he put his hat on backwards? That was before he put his hat on backwards. Very good. That was before uh, he put his hat on backwards. So, okay. So these very, Where are they then? These yes. very valuable balls? Yes, these very valuable balls. They're actually in my car right now, but I'm about to bring them into the equipment room so mm -hmm. they can oh, you know, yeah, they put they're they're paint them up. Them. Yeah. And, and then after that, I'll take them home and find a safe spot for them. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Fortunately, yeah. our parking lot is gated. Yes. So yes. Anybody yes. hearing this won't know. But you notice he changed the story when he first said it. He said they're in the trunk. Now they're in the car, like in the, in the passenger seat. <laughs> That's all right. You know, right? They were scuffed up when you got them anyways, right? They're somewhere in there. That's somewhere. right. That's solid. Yeah. So you guys have won two in a row now. Um, I'm sure that feels good. Five and seven isn't exactly where you wanted to be, but. You're not out of it now. We we were talking to who Jordan last week, Jordan mm -hmm. Whitehead, and four and seven at that point. And, and, you know, if you look at playoff odds online, you, you won't you won't see them very high for the Buccaneers, which is realistic at five and seven. But you guys just you have to keep playing like that's the goal, right? Yeah, I mean, um, that's you play, you know, to get in the dance, to get in the tournament, mm -hmm. um, to get in the playoffs, and have a chance to win the Super Bowl. So uh, you know, it's really not over, you know, until the fat lady sings. So. You know, we won two in a row, and why not keep the momentum going? You know, um, you prepare to win, so when you step on the football field each week, no matter if you're going to the playoffs or not, you're preparing, you know, to beat the team that's that's lined up across from you. So I think, you know, the energy and the vibes are, are good in the locker room, and we're going to yeah. keep the ball rolling. It looks like all of a sudden it's coming together and you're having fun. Yeah, definitely. Everybody is having fun. And I think, you know, uh, Coach Cutter has just been harping on, you know, getting off to a fast start because, you know, our you know our team plays, you know, lights out in the second half. Yes. It's just been so, you know, sometimes the first quarter or even the second quarter, you know, we have that dip. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, if our team gets off to a fast start, there's really, there's really, you know, um, there's not a lot of people that can, you know, can stop that momentum that, you know, that we have. From the outside, you said you don't get a fast start, but as a player, what is it that you change to get better as as the game it's goes on? Right? Um, yeah, it's it's definitely execution, and I think it's you know just a mindset in the like they say you know the physical the physical strain you know just at the end maybe at the end of a play or maybe mm. at the beginning you know like just the mental you know just straining to focus just to focus you know one percent more you know on your job and execution. And, you know, if, if, if one guy – if you have all 11 guys doing that, you know, at the same time, then that makes your team, you know, get off, you know, to a faster start. And uh, the Eagles helped out. We're recording this on Tuesday, and the yeah, Eagles won, the Bucks, which yeah. was – if you're going to keep track of this, and why not? There's yeah. four games left in the yeah, month of December. The December. Won, yeah. yeah, so that was, that was good that, that the Eagles stepped up. So and, because and of that fast start, which was great, I mean, a touchdown on the first drive and then a pick yeah. by you after Levante tipped it, which was a great play too, on the second drive um, on, the, I'm, I'm on the Panthers' first drive. Yeah. That puts you in a position that the Bucks really haven't been in, in a lot this year where you they scored again to make it 24-17, and you guys had to hold them 
Oh, actually, I guess we scored to make it. Whatever. 24-17 yeah. going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Right. And you had to hold, hold them for, them. I think, four drives. Yeah, yes. four series. Three three or four series in the fourth quarter. I think four if you include the last two yeah. minutes. So, Which I uh, think you should because, I mean, they had yeah, two cracks definitely. at the yeah. end zone. There. Yeah, they did. So, uh, you know, that's huge, and that's something we work on, you know, each week in practice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just those situations, you know, uh, you know, Coach does a great job of, put, of putting us through those situations and having us rep plays that, you know, other teams might run, you know, just having us prepared, you know, for whatever might happen in the game. One of the one of the big plays during that stretch was JPP sack on third down. Oh yeah, that, that, that was led huge. to the fourth down try that didn't work. Huge. You huge. played with him in New York. Yeah, I did. Is he the same guy here? Is he even more motivated? I mean, he seems like he really brings a lot. It seems like he's even stepped it, you know, stepped it up a notch. Yeah. You know, uh, in New York he was a beast, but um, you know, I've really been watching him. You know, when I was in New York. I was still, I was still trying to, you know, I was getting my foot, you know, mm-hmm. wet, sure. in the, you know, in the league. I just got there, but you know, I've really been watching him now, and it seems like he's even more motivated than uh, he was before. And you know, it's great to see him play at a high level. Yeah, he just plays with like a nonstop motor, doesn't he? I know it's huge. It's yeah, great. he's a madman right now. He has something to prove. He <laughs> yeah, is, he's definitely. not happy what happened, and and but now he's happy that he's here. So. He is. He is happy. On, on a personal note, if I, I did do some research on you, <laughs> you're engaged. I am. I am engaged. I just got. Uh, I, was, see I that, knew Mr. that. Smith? I knew that because he mentioned going out to dinner with his fiance and his mom okay. <laughs> on Sunday night. So we'll go when, ahead. When did he say that? On, uh, in the locker room. Oh, sure. in the locker room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that how you celebrated? You took your mom and, and your fiance out for dinner? And my dad. And your dad? And my dad. Nice. We all went out to dinner. And then uh, after that, just chilled, relaxed, kicked my feet up, watched some uh, Sunday night football, and then watched a, a nice little comedy. Have you figured out fiance. what that is yet? You remember what that mo- I'm always looking for a good it. movie. I can think of it. Vacation. Oh, the new with, one? No, with. Um, the old one? The original? Chevy Chase? What's, yes. Oh, man. Wow. That is a great movie. You old school in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a great movie. you got to watch Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Next. Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's it's funny. funny. Maybe even better than the second, than the it, first one. Yes. And, and it's a it's a, it's a a holiday classic now. It's, it's a movie people watch this time of year. Okay. So there's yes. a tip for you. There right. you go. All there right, go. Andrew, we appreciate your time very yes. much. We also appreciate uh-huh. those three picks. Yes. <laughs> and we look forward. Man, this defense needed it, huh? Now, now, that, now we know that it can be done. Let's see what you do this Sunday. Right. All right. No pressure, all right? right? Let's, <laughs> see. Let's see. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, right. Thank you. Right. We thank appreciate you it. Thank you. The Salty Dogs. Hello again, everybody. Hey, welcome. You, you liked that intro the first time around. <laughs> we're back on the Salty Dogs. It's so warm and sincere. Hello, everybody. I thought I was being sincere. You were. You were. I'm, I tease. Yes. I, tease. I just wanted to make you laugh, Jeff. I, listen, I need some laughter. Oh, okay. And I need some questions from fans. Yeah, okay. We do have three. Two of them are from people who, who have written in before. Dedicated listeners. You know, it's not that hard out there. Send us an Just shoot off an email. I mean, if you... You could even... You can even send me a Salty Dogs question on Twitter if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Just, you know, hashtag with Salty Dogs, and, and I'll know that's what What's you What's your Twitter number? To. What's your Twitter account? My, I am Scott S. Bucks. Scott I S. Is that right? I yeah. don't know. No, that's right. Scott <laughs> S. Bucks. I follow you, but it says Scott Smith, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know. Uh, I would imagine there's probably a, a decent overlap yes. uh, between people who listen to this podcast and people who follow well, me on Twitter. Yes, and you have to understand, too, we answer a lot of questions before they're asked. I have uh, like twenty two or twenty three thousand followers, which yes. is like that's pretty that's solid. Right around Kim Kardashian yes. territory, I think. Yeah, you're getting it. I've been compared to her a lot. So here's one from a guy we've had sent in a question before. Uh, his name is Bobby, and he says, "Hey, salty Jeff and less sodium Scott." <laughs> Clever. Clever. 
I'm the less sodium version. Yeah, you're, I'm the, you're I'm light. The unsalted pretzel. Yeah, you're the, you're it. it. You think you have a pretzel, but you really don't. But continue. The D seems to have more shoestring tackles or hustle plays than normal against the Panthers. Scott, can you use your superhuman research skills and figure out some cool stat comparison? And the answer is no. No. There's no there's no stat for shoestring tackles or hustle yeah. tackles. Yeah. There really isn't. I mean, they break down stuff a lot, but they don't break it down that way. Give it time. Give it about another five. You think we're gonna years. have shoestring yep. tackle? Everything, everything is analytics now. They'll have they'll break it down by what part of the body that yes. the player was tackled yes. by. No question. I don't know. It's only a matter of who, time. Who wants that information? And, well, well, Bobby does. What's going to happen is it's just going to be little um, meters or little um, sensors on players that. You oh, know, they already have that. Yeah, but I'm talking about if you hit if the ball you know if you hit there you get tackles. So guys are going to be going like okay. this to get tackles. But they do have the two sensors yes. in there for the next gen stats and yes. their shoulder pads. And it's amazing if you have access to this stuff. And we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe this stuff is going to be mainstream yes. within a couple of years. No question. Everybody's going to be looking at it. It's so much fun to watch because you can just see where every player runs on the entire play. And, and we did that with the Adam Humphreys mm-hmm. uh, return of the yeah. Uh, missed field goal in the we, preseason. It was that's neat. we. You know, you, you talk about that, and and there's a there's real time stats going on that the league does that yeah. we go into. It's called Jesus and uh, Jesus. Yes, G-S-I-S. with a G. Yes, G-S-I-S. and um, what does that stand for? I'm, I'm not really sure. I bet one of the S's is statistics. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You would have to think so. But it is fun to. Uh, I mean, we keep an eye on that. That's how we we, we you know we we actually have a physical person doing stats. A physical person, yeah, doing That's stats. Um, you don't have like a hologram doing stats no, for you. No, you have an actual not physical yet. person. My budget doesn't uh, allow that. But continue. <laughs> so, in other words, we don't have the stats for low catches. Let's no, just there's, say. There's, let's just no, say not it low happens. catches. Uh, how guys shoestring tackles? Yeah, right. and okay. hustled. How are you gonna How are you gonna quantify hustle? I don't. I don't think. I'm sorry, Bobby. I don't think. Uh, I, I appreciate that you thought that I might have the ability to find this, but no, that's not it. But I appreciate but you. The good news is he gave a second question that I can't answer. Oh, okay. And it is stat based. Um, he says, "What's our playoff percentage chance?" Uh, and as you and I uh, were discussing with with Andrew, um, the Philadelphia win over Washington was good for us mm-hmm. because, first of all, that put that kept Washington from going to seven and five. Uh, and Philly improved to five and six, which is, and it must be five and must be six. There's six and seven now. Okay. No, how many get? No, there's six and six. I think Washington is also six and six. Yes. These all these, I got records here, but I think they're before that. I mean, they're six and six. That's what it is. They're both six and six now, and we have a tiebreaker over Philadelphia. So we're not. What what we want is for Dallas to win the division, although to do it without beating us in week uh, sixteen. Right, but if we ended up, if we're going to end up in a, in a tiebreaker situation with either Washington or Philly, it, it has to be Philly. And you are correct; they're both six and six. Yeah. Okay, Dallas so, is seven and five. Right, so um, that helped, and in fact, um, this. You, but so here's let's put let's put it two ways before I give you the number. People go, okay, here's how it stands right now, Jeff. Seattle is at seven and five. And then Minnesota's at six five and one. And if the mm-hmm. season were to end today, those would be your two wild cards. So you look at Minnesota at six five and one and go, okay, the Buccaneers are only one and a half games behind that with four games to play. That doesn't sound impossible. No. I mean that sounds reasonable, right? The problem is and that's why I think the fallacy in the argument is people don't realize it's not just Minnesota. There are five teams here that are above the Buccaneers. And you gotta leapfrog 
four of them. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's hard to do. You have the Panthers. You have the Panthers at six and six. Yeah. Minnesota at six five and one. Mm-hmm. And then the Redskins six and six. And Philly six and six. Yes. Okay, so that is why, despite the fact that you're only a game and a half out of the second wildcard spot now, according to Football Outsiders, which calculates playoff odds and and uh, updates. It I'm going to say it's about fifteen percent. I'm you're, guessing you're way too optimistic. Really. It went up by 1.2% to 1.9% right now. Oh, we are going to prove them so wrong. Well, that would be nice. Right. It's not zero. That's the important mm-hmm. thing. But the Win o- again next week, it'll go up to like 10%. Or yeah. Something. Well, the other side, you know, as, as you look at all of this, you got to take care of your own business before you can worry about everybody well, else. Well, that's absolutely but true. But you know what? It's fun because I watched the game last night and I was... Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, th- some of the things that happened this past week And I hate helpful. rooting for the Eagles, but right. I, I did. Some of the things that help that happened this week were helpful, like uh, Green Bay mm-hmm. losing to Arizona. So <laughs> they lost their head coach too. <laughs> where did he go? I we have lost know. our head coach. I don't know. Um, Seattle is, according to these playoff odds, Seattle is has a ninety point one percent chance of winning a wild card spot, mm-hmm. and Minnesota's at forty point seven. So there's a little optimism there in that the second team, Walker team, isn't even a fifty percent chance of making. So it's a little up for grabs. They have Washington at twenty three point five percent. And Carolina at eighteen point five percent, and Philly, if I wrote that down right, at two point seven percent, which is weird, considering they have uh, the same record as Carolina and Washington. But it must but, have to do with the games they've won and lost. Well, now. and the other thing, uh, Carolina has to play New Orleans twice in the next four games. Holy moly! <laughs> wow, yeah. how's that for the uh, <laughs> whoops? Yes. Meanwhile, Seattle gets San Francisco, including this week, two mm-hmm. two times in the yeah. last five weeks. So yeah. things were shaping up a lot better for Seattle. Come on, even. Kyle, get your team playing. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so the the odds according to Football Outsiders, which is a source a lot of people use for that, is they don't look good. But like you said, just take care of your own business. That's why there's 16 games. Yeah. That's, so and we are not possible. we're not eliminated, and I believe the first team eliminated out of the playoffs mathematically is the Oakland Raiders. There's got to be a couple more than that by now, right? No, I think that they were the first ones eliminated, I believe. <laughs> Hasn't gone real well. No, poor John. Year. Okay. Uh, old guys. This is our second question. Okay. He got right to the point. He there, started right? right there. Old guys? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to finish. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who's his, what's his name? His name's Kent Denny, and he sent us questions before. Kent. He's from New Jersey. Okay. Kent. Or, or he's, been, he's in New Jersey currently, but trying to get back here. Okay. Understood. If you look way back at my first question, yeah, I'm not going to really do that. No, but continue. But he's going to describe it for okay. I mentioned I live in New Jersey, and at some time I would be moving back to Tampa. Well, that some time has arrived. Well, congratulations. Wow, nice. And we should be back before Christmas. Nice. Wow, that's soon. I say that because the last two weeks, Bucks wins. I haven't been able to watch because of packing or open houses. Oh, that's awful. Well, then quit watching because well, apparently. that's what we're getting to. <laughs> yes, he actually makes that. I would, I would only be able to catch a score or highlight during the game. I'm not a superstitious guy. That makes one of us. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, if me not watching the Bucks live causes them to win, I'm all in. Okay, all right. Don't don't watch. Don't watch. Don't watch. You what? can't Come watch. Can't. You can't I mean, me? it's kind of freaking obvious. I mean, seriously, you have a duty to the rest of your Buccaneer fans. I, and he asked himself, he's a Buck fan. Yeah, I mean, I mean you don't even ask question that question. Obvious, right? Yes, totally. I have, Just get updates. So you know, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, right? I do know that. I have an uncle who's also a big Cardinals fan, still mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Who in in the last year we won the world. The last time we we nice won like the it. World Series, I think, was 2011 with the David Freeze heroics. And uh, he is so superstitious. He believes that he's him watching was the reason that the Cardinals would lose. And so he actually didn't watch the World Series games 
until game seven when we were well ahead, and then he started watching. He really seriously went through with that. The problem for me was he was texting me nonstop for updates. Updates, yes. yes. But, so, yeah. I mean, you see, and, and it worked. It worked. I fully believe that my uncle's the reason the Cardinals won that World Series. The, 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 you There's know, no doubt. It could be a, a number of combinations, <laughs> and if you're that one person who doesn't follow it, right. then you throw it all off. Right. Everybody, Everybody else, else is did doing it. it. Yeah. Yes, no. So he actually has a question related right. to that. Do you know of any coaches or players' superstitions they do before every game? Add yours if you have any. They probably There's probably a lot of them that do, but they do so quietly. I mean, I've seen yeah. guys that wear the same shirt underneath their jerseys every time. I think more – rather, rather than I, saying superstitious, I think it's more routine. rituals. Yeah, rituals. routine. Yeah. Like, I'm going to listen yeah. to this music before mm-hmm. every game. I'm going to warm up in this order, right? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. A guy that goes to the – goes – uh, to the stadium very very early uh, when we're on road games uh, if it's a one o'clock game we leave at eight o'clock in the morning to get to that, the stadium you being the radio guys yes being the radio you and guys. Your crew whereas Me, the, well, whereas the buses leave the hotel at like 10 o'clock yeah and it's you know it's the trainers it's the equipment yeah, guys yeah, it's the guys. video guys it's all of us that need to set up be ready to go and right. and um interesting enough uh the guy that goes early is jpp he goes with you guys at eight o'clock. Yeah, he is on our bus. That is interesting. Yes, and he um, uh, gets into the locker room. And I, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. Why? Would, you know, it certainly sounds positive um, to me. He uh, he. Um, that sounds like a superstition. Yeah, he has, he sets up his music, and okay. you know the whole time you don't he, you're not engage, He's not engaging with anybody. He's, in his own he's world. got his headsets on. Mm-hmm. He's in his own world, and um, he goes into the locker room. He sits down. He gets his is he's got a really cool stereotype system it's like stuff comes out you know <laughs> yeah, like I mean, transformer. yeah yeah exactly it, just keeps getting Ex- it does and um that's 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 what he does um i know dirk cutters talked about this dirk uh, has a routine of like on home games he's he comes early hmm. he's there four hours before game time and he just kind of likes to check with the trainers you know he has his own little thing to do and and i think you know, like for me, game day is, uh, you know, on the road. I get up around 6 o'clock in the morning, and I look at the news, and I look at Twitter to see what's going on, see if I missed anything. You know, breakfast by 7.30, on the bus by 8. You know, okay. go to work. All right. Uh, the JP- Did I bore you there? Well, it was more like your schedule, your routine, yeah. rather than a superstition. Well, no, it's – it's it's I, I stay – Yeah, but it's I mean, I could sleep – I don't have to get up at 6. I could sleep till 7.00. Okay. And go. So, but uh, the JPP thing, which was wildly more interesting than the story you just told. Oh, um, wow. Uh, that strikes me as superstition. And, you know, you said he gets there and listens to his music. Mm-hmm. He could easily just listen to that same music in his hotel room before yes. going over. But there must be something about actually being at the site that's helping him get in the zone. I like it because the music's playing in the whole locker room. Oh, you mean he plays yeah. it out loud? Oh, yeah. His headphones? No, no. Oh. He's got his headphones on on the bus and everything. Right, but right, then in course. the locker room, it starts up and goes yeah it's really cool so that's neat so mm-hmm. that and then he, kent finishes this by saying p.s don't get me wrong i will be getting my season tickets back when we get settled in tampa all right that's fair enough and then you can go watch the games in person which i'm fine with he just yes. he just can't watch on tv no. anymore this year unless the gosh if he's in new jersey oh he must have the ticket yeah must have the ticket which, uh, or either that or so stream online. Sunday at one o'clock. I hope he's in a like he's mm-hmm. he's in a truck, a moving truck, driving down here or something. Something that he can't watch and can't be tempted. I like it. All right, and don't cheat either, Kent. Right. I mean, we're counting on you, yeah. and we'll never know if he does it or not. Well, he could write it in. Yeah, us. We'll he would. Take him I think he's an honest lad. 
We're really, we're really making a lot of assumptions about Kent Denny from New Jersey. Hey, if you write into the Salty Dogs, that's what happens. We're going to talk about that's it. it. So, that's it. Okay. Exactly. Last one. All right. Jeff and Scott. Ah, yeah. yeah. He Who's listens. number one? He even put in parentheses, Jeff gets first billing. I like it. All right. Thanks a lot. I like dude. it. Dude. Uh, Jeff, you know, Jeff doesn't need that. He doesn't need any more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Continue. I'm the one who needs the validation. Yes. Yes. Love the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. Listen to it while I'm on the elliptical. Oh, okay. Okay, I do that too, the elliptical. Do you? Well, my after I blew up my knee, my doctor told me not to run anymore. But, all right. Anyway, I think you'd have to say that wide receiver is the best position on the team right now. Best, most talented, most productive, however you want to say it. You think so, Jeff? Well, let me continue. Oh, as the, go ahead. Like, or maybe the defensive line, which I'm kind of amazed I'm even writing right now. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's fair. probably true. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, definitely deep. All talented guys. As coach says, he feels like we got four starters. I, I have to say wide receivers. The D-line, though, now is starting to look. And it's great that we can even and, say that. And I think a perfect example was Deshaun couldn't go, and Chris stepped in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was great. And it was great. Yeah. So I think that's probably true. Um, you can't say uh, – you can't probably say quarterback based – because of all the turnovers we've mm-hmm. had this year. But the fact that we have both Jameis and Ryan does give you kind of a depth that most teams don't have. That. Yeah, most teams don't like the second quarterback. Right, as Dirk says yes. a lot. Yeah. And that's true. And I, if Jameis is playing like he's playing now, and then you've got Ryan as your backup, and a guy they like a lot in Ryan Griffin, mm-hmm. that's good depth at quarterback. But I, I think he's probably right on wide receiver. But that's actually his question. He says, pretty easy choice choices this year. My question is, what do you think has, has historically been the best position in team history? I guess it can't be quarterback. We've had some pretty great receivers along the way. Thanks if you want to give this meaning, meaningless question some time and go, Bucks. there's no meaningless questions here on the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And this person, it's not the same as last one, but his name is also Kent. He didn't. I don't have a last name. Um, it's kind of weird to get two out of three questions from people named Kent. Right. How many people do you know named Kent? I've got a cousin in Dallas I, named uh, Kent. I know one, um, Gene Deckerhoff's son's named Kent. Okay. So. I think of Kent Tocolvi, the famous Pittsburgh Pirates reliever. Oh, yes. What other famous Kents? Clark Kent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all I got, Kent-wise. That's it. My cousin Kent in Dallas, Clark Kent, and and Kent Tocolvi. You say, I go on tangents. Continue. (laughs) So, what position has historically been the Bucks' best? I've got an answer in my mind, if you want to go first. I'd say the defensive line. You know, because of Leroy Salmon, because of Sap. There's an argument for yeah. that because two of your three Hall of Famers mm-hmm. are Brooke, de- yeah. are defensive linemen, mm-hmm. um, and you got Joe McCoy now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've been a little hit or miss. Like we've had, and Simeon Rice was yes. really good. We've had some really great studs along the way, just top of best ever type of guys. Right. But there's a lot of lulls in between, and we haven't often had. Except for the Super Bowl era, we haven't had a completely awesome defensive line. We've had it's fair. We had Leroy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Simeon, you got Jerome McCoy now, JPP. But I think there's been a lot of up and down at that position. We've we've had some high draft picks that I'm haven't curious. played out. I'm very curious what you think is linebacker. The Buccaneers have a very rich well, linebacker okay. history. Yeah, you got you got Derek Brooks in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You got uh, you got guys like Hugh Green, Hardy Nickerson, Shelton Quarles, yep. Levante David, Quan yep. Alexander. Uh, there's a lot more. In That's, fact, cannot argue this. If you want to go by this. Pro Bowls, 
21 Pro Bowls by Buccaneer linebackers. That's the most of any position. Wow. So this wasn't fair because I, I did a little research. Yeah, but still, I mean, thinking about it, yeah. Okay. Because uh, immediately, you don't, you, you know, until you started mentioning all those names. Yes. If you add the DEs and the DTs together, you got 22 Pro Bowls, thanks to Gerald and, and Warren Sapp mm-hmm. having so many, and Leroy Salmon. Those guys all had six or more. 13, 14. So, I mean, it's right there. It's the defensive line and linebackers. But I just feel like the linebackers, we've. it seems like there's rarely been an era when this team has not had at least one great linebacker. Right. You know, we, we yeah. went from Derek Wright to Levante, uh-huh. essentially. Um, and then you've had other good guys in the mix, like Barrett Rude, um, Irvin Randall. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, I'm pulling them out there. Huh? Yeah, you are. I said Hugh Green already. You know, you had some uh, Batman Wood. Wood. I was just going to say Batman. Uh, you, Chris Washington, I think, was we had a Washington, yeah, Chris Washington, he was good. Uh, Jeff Davis, I'm doing some of these names for mm-hmm. the old time Buck fans. Yeah, yeah, really, you're going way before back. my time. But even you could even count Broderick Thomas. He was he was a linebacker. He had an 11 sack season. I just uh, we've had one, two, three, four, five, six different linebackers make the Pro Bowl. Can you name them? The linebackers that made the Pro Bowl. I mean, we already said Derek Brooks, right? You want help? Yeah, go ahead. Hardy Nickerson. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, yeah. Hugh yeah. Green. Yeah. Shelton Corals. Q. Levante David. Mm-hmm. And Quan Alexander. No, Quan was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. six different linebackers have made the Pro Bowl. That's the most for any position for the Bucks. Would you would you believe me if I said five different Buccaneer quarterbacks have been to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> um, I would say I would be shocked. It's but true. I do I know Trent Dilfer. Yep. Uh, Jameis Winston. Yep. Um, the Bull. Oh, yeah. Brad Johnson, who I saw on Sunday. Yes, that's right. Yes, he, he was, was at the game. game. We, we spoke for a little yes. bit. We talked about his son going to LSU, how, yeah. how that all that came about. That was crazy. Yeah, he's very excited about that. Oh, good. Um, let's see. Uh, Sean King. <laughs> who? Jeff Garcia. As a Buccaneer? Uh-huh. He went in, like, 2007. Oh, all right. But actually, I'm blanking on Lex. You've only named four, right? Right. Doug didn't go. No. I don't think. Steve DeBerg didn't go. Chris Chandler didn't go. I think Trent was the first one. Uh, so who am I Trent, here? Brad. Brad. Josh Freeman maybe went one time? When we were 10 year, when we had 10 wins? Maybe Josh went one time. The 10 when win he season. Had the tw- he had the 26 touchdowns yeah. and five interceptions. When everyone like thought that. he was, cu- the when he right. made when it looked the like he was going to be the next yes. franchise quarterback. Yes. Yeah, or the All first right. franchise quarterback. So, we really ended on a bang there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so thanks for the questions, both Kent's and Bobby. Glad, yes. glad you're moving back in town, Kent. And once again, do not watch the game this weekend. Appreciate that. Although, if you want to drive down here and root we'll, for we'll us. We'll allow you to, to uh, attend the no, game in person. No question. But uh, I think that's all we got for this week. All uh, right. Uh, we'll talk it was to you again fun. next week. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll be talking about another Buccaneer victory. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.